Hello, and welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's June 18th, 2021. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Netflix's Disney-like franchise ambitions in e-commerce, gaming, podcasts, and more. Two, investors and airlines pour billions into electric air taxis, which might be real in three years. And three, China wants to take the lead in space. Shift one, Netflix's Disney-like franchise ambitions in e-commerce, gaming, podcasts, and more. Last week, Netflix launched its e-commerce site, Netflix.shop, which will sell limited edition apparel, toys, and other lifestyle goods tied to Netflix shows, for example, Stranger Things and The Witcher, and the Netflix brand. Products will be exclusive to Netflix.shop, though Netflix will also continue offering other products through retail partners, for example, Target, H&M, Amazon, and Walmart. The site, built on Shopify under Netflix's Consumer Products division, is now live in the U.S. and will expand to other countries in the coming months. The move comes at a time when streaming growth is slowing and Netflix is underperforming relative to Disney, Viacom CBS, and HBO. In addition to international and animation content pushes, Netflix has been actively exploring new revenue streams, like video games, podcasting, live events, and recently, e-commerce. Netflix is reportedly seeking to hire an executive to oversee its push into games. It has dabbled in interactive programming, for example, Bandersnatch and UV Wild, and launched a few games, though efforts have been limited to date. The strategy is still in flux and could include third-party studios or in-house development, licensed Netflix IP, or original games. Current plans are for, quote, a smaller Apple Arcade, end quote, a subscription bundle of high-quality mobile games that could launch as soon as 2022. High-quality games is not an easy business, but can be very engaging, particularly for Generation Z who prefer to turn to games and music over movies and TV shows. Advertising in games is viewed as a strong negative, however. Netflix has already affirmed that its games will not have ads. Netflix is also looking to hire an executive in podcasting. Netflix Editorial currently offers over 30 podcasts, most tied to its movies and shows, that have been downloaded over 4.2 million times. In the job post, Netflix described its mission as building, quote, the most influential entertainment media and publishing network, end quote. It's likely to develop podcasts that support existing franchises, for example, generating buzz and enriching the experience, as well as create new quote-unquote flagship podcasts. Podcasts could also be a way to incubate new IP. In related news, Netflix is testing a quote-unquote N-plus concept for a content hub that might include interviews, music, podcasts, and other show-related content. Live events are another part of Netflix's strategy to extend the world of its stories. Netflix's head of experiences, Greg Lombardo, who once ran strategy and creative development for 20th Century Fox's theme parks and live shows, has focused on immersive experiences based on Netflix shows. Examples include WitcherCon, Money Heist, The Experience, Stranger Things, The Drive Into Experience, and plans for Bridgerton-tied events. There's also a comedy festival planned for 2022 with a high-profile lineup of comedians, many of whom have been featured on Netflix. Netflix is not necessarily new to these arenas, but the recent drive to extend the universes of its shows is strongly suggestive of Disney's franchises. 
As Disney becomes more Netflix-like with Disney+, Plus, which as of April 2021 had 104 million subscribers versus Netflix's 208 million, Netflix, in turn, seems to be taking a page out of Disney's book. For Disney, differentiated content feeds every part of its far-ranging business, from music to merchandise to park experiences. Selling licensed products tied to franchises can be highly lucrative. Disney makes billions of dollars in merchandising and video games tied to franchises like Star Wars. Sales of such licensed products reached $49 billion in the U.S. and $128 billion globally in 2019, with Disney by far the leader. In China, Bilibili, a streaming platform for videos, anime, and games with 223 million monthly active users and $1.8 billion in revenue, saw its e-commerce revenue more than double in 2020 to reach over $230 million, or 13% of sales. As we have said before, quote-unquote ultra-premium content is the key to the video streaming business model, and an extended universe based on ultra-premium content is a renewable goldmine. These are scarce and increasingly expensive assets, and there aren't too many high-quality libraries of content not already locked up, especially with Amazon snapping up MGM. Netflix, which plans to spend over $17 billion on content this year, is looking to turn its short-term obsession shows into assets with more longevity but it's not clear whether it has the goods to be successful. Netflix releases more films than any other studio, but has the lowest audience and critic ratings. Even worse, it falls to the very bottom of the ranks when it comes to lasting buzz beyond five months. Netflix's cultural impact seems to be short-lived on a per-show basis. Which studio leads the pack? Disney releases fewer films than any other studio, but has the highest audience and critic ratings by a substantial margin. Its movies are also dramatically ahead of the other studios in maintaining public interest for longer than five months. There seems to be a clear trade-off between quantity and quality, and merchandise sales may be more often an outcome that flows from existing engagement rather than a driver of consumer experience. Among Netflix's shows, however, there will be a few diamonds that lend themselves to a richer extended universe, such as Bridgerton and Stranger Things. For those few universes, if Netflix plays its cards right, it could enjoy a virtuous cycle in which extensions become more meaningful revenue streams while keeping consumers engaged in its franchises. To keep audiences engaged, Netflix may need to rejig its content strategy, which has typically been a full drop of all episodes. Doling out content in a regular drip feed can keep audiences engaged over a longer period. Marvel, for instance, had a 2021 lineup with a new piece of content released every single week. The problem for Netflix is that it needs to get audiences engaged in new original series through binge-watching. It can't rely on existing familiarity like audiences have with the Marvel Universe. The full drop generates more viewership and buzz for Netflix, but unfortunately, it's often not sustained. To read more content related to video streaming in the Studio Wars, check out our May 28, 2021 Three Shifts edition, Amazon's MGM deal and ambition to reimagine studio franchises. In our October 16th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Disney restructures to make streaming its main content priority. Shift 2. Investors and airlines pour billions into electric air taxis, which might be real within three years. The froth is on for electric vertical takeoff and landing, or eVTOL, urban air taxis. Last week, UK-based air taxi startup Vertical Aerospace announced it was going public via a SPAC merger at a $2.2 billion valuation. 
It also announced that it raised pipe, or private investment in public equity funding, from American Airlines of $25 million, aircraft leasing firm Avalon of $15 million, Honeywell, Rolls-Royce, Microsoft's M12, and others, with an expected total raise of $394 million. In the announcement, Vertical Aerospace revealed it had as many as 1,000 pre-orders for its VAX-4 eVTOL aircraft, which can carry four passengers plus one pilot over 100 miles on one charge and reach speeds of over 200 miles per hour. Vertical's prospective customers include American Airlines, with a pre-order of up to 250 aircraft with an option for another 100, Avalon, with a pre-order of up to 310 aircraft with an option for another 190, and Virgin Atlantic, with an option for 50 to 150 aircraft. If orders for all 1,000 aircraft are filled, it'll be worth $4 billion to Vertical Aerospace. Vertical Aerospace is just the latest multi-billion dollar eVTOL firm. It joins a parade of other SPAC mergers from February to March 2021. Joby Aviation of California, which raised $1.6 billion at a $6.6 billion valuation, Archer of Silicon Valley, which raised $1.1 billion at a $3.8 billion valuation, and Lilium of Germany, which raised $830 million at a $3.3 billion valuation. United Airlines and regional carrier Mesa Air Group are both investors in Archer. United has also committed to purchase up to 200 aircraft, with an option for another $500 million order. March 2021 also saw a $240 million-plus Series D funding round in German eVTOL player Volocopter, who counts among its partners Japan Airlines, airport infrastructure firm Atlantia SPA, and international airport operator Group A ADP. Last week, Brazilian regional jet manufacturer Embraer confirmed it was in talks for its eVTOL unit EVE Urban Air Mobility to go public in a $2 billion SPAC merger. It reportedly has a partnership with helicopter travel provider Halo Aviation for delivery of 200 aircraft in the U.S. and U.K. beginning in 2026 and another order for up to 50 aircraft from helicopter operator Helisul Aviation in Latin America. The buzz is growing louder as the timeline for operational air taxis gets closer. 2024 appears to be the magic number for eVTOLs. In the U.S., FAA head Steve Dixon said he expected eVTOLs to be approved by 2023 and be operational by 2024. In Europe, the top aviation safety regulator said last month they'd be flying by 2024 or 2025. Flying taxi trials are starting in the UK this year. Vertical Aerospace, Joby, Archer, Lilium, and Volocopter have all indicated they expect to be operational by 2024. In Asia, eVTOL players are being even more aggressive with their projected timelines. AirAsia said in March 2021 that they were, quote, a year and a half away from launching, end quote. Volocopter has also unveiled plans to start operations in Singapore by 2023. Operational doesn't necessarily mean carrying passengers, however. Commercial use will likely begin with package delivery before transporting human passengers. Also, while air taxi flights will begin with human pilots, industry watchers expect autonomous flights within five years, likely also starting with package delivery. Archer, for instance, hopes to reach fully autonomous aviation by 2028. Given the level of froth in the market and pressure to match the projections of competitors, we should take the projections above with a grain of salt. Challenges still need to be overcome before air taxis are a reality, including regulation and industry standards, air traffic management and operational safety, and infrastructure.
for example for charging and takeoff and landing. The space is crowded. There are about 200 companies working on eVTOL aircraft. As we've seen with frothy, capital-intensive, and largely untested mobility markets, such as autonomous and electric vehicles, there is no guarantee that any of the players mentioned above will survive. Taking an eVTOL model from design through to production and certification can cost $1 billion. There will likely be consolidation and fizzle-out of players as some lose investor confidence and become unable to meet the capital requirements needed to scale. Partnerships for design and manufacturing, infrastructure, and industry standards are necessary to make eVTOLs viable for businesses and a reality for consumers. Every serious eVTOL company is heavily partnered up. For instance, automakers Stellantis and United Airlines are working with Archer, aircraft systems manufacturer Honeywell is working with Lilium in vertical aerospace, Toyota is partnering with Joby, and Volocopter has a slew of strategic partners. Joby just recently partnered with real estate firm Neighborhood Property Group and parking garage and logistics hub operator Reef Technology on an urban network of ports for its air taxis. There's little doubt that it will be a big market once it emerges. Last month, Morgan Stanley predicted the eVTOL market will be worth $1 trillion by 2040. It also has the potential to be a lucrative market. Joby, for instance, is projecting a cost to manufacture of $1.3 million per aircraft and $2.2 million in annual revenue per aircraft, or payback in just 1.3 years. It believes it can be a $20 billion business in just 10 years. For more content related to air taxis and electric vehicles, check out our February 12, 2021, Three Shifts Edition, Air Taxi Startup Archer Goes Public and Signs $1 Billion Deal with United. In our January 7, 2021 brief, Breaking Down the EV Barriers, Vehicle Range, Price, Charging Infrastructure. Shift 3. China Wants to Take the Lead in Space. On Wednesday, China initiated its longest-ever manned space mission, and its first since 2016, when it launched three men into space and docked with the Tianhe module of China's new space station still under construction. Aboard the Tianhe, which itself was launched in April 2021, the astronauts will spend three months ensuring that the module is operational in preparation for building out the space station to contain living spaces, science labs, and a Hubble-class telescope. The successful launch is the latest in a string of investments China is undertaking to reach its goal of being a world-leading, full-spectrum space power by 2045. Satellites are central to China's space ambitions. In June 2020, China's GPS alternative positioning system, Beidou, part of a plan to reduce dependency on the U.S.-owned GPS, became fully operational. China has been pushing for its use in countries participating in its Belt and Road Initiative. The Chinese satellites, which provide navigation and positioning for military, critical infrastructure, and commercial uses, are now used in over 120 countries. China also last year pioneered a new, more secure connection for data transmission between satellites via a quote-unquote unhackable quantum entanglement mechanism. Satellite-based internet is a key priority for China, landing on the new infrastructure's priority list last year. China has interests in both high-speed broadband internet and low-power narrowband communications, for example for military and IoT. Large amounts of government funding are pouring into Chinese space companies and startups, which, even if nominally commercial in scope, are usually state-owned, state-controlled, or otherwise a proxy for the Chinese government. Over the past 18 months, 
Five major satellite manufacturing facilities have been stood up in China, with the capacity to produce over 1,000 satellites per year. In March 2021, the Singyun Narrowband IoT constellation received a $400 million round of funding, its largest to date. Then, in April 2021, China created the state-owned China SatNet, China Satellite Network Group, which will serve as the operating company for the Guowang National Mega Constellation of 13,000 Low Earth Orbit, or LEO, broadband satellites, a rival to SpaceX's Starlink constellation. Industry watchers believe that existing constellations Hongyan and Hongwen could be folded into the mega constellation. Last week, the China National Space Administration, CNSA, released new images taken by China's first Mars rover, Churong, signifying a successful completion of China's first exploration of Mars. Churong, which was sent to conduct science experiments, for example, study Mars's geology and soil mineralogy, and determine its surface climate and environment, landed on Mars last month, making China only the second country to successfully do so. The Churong landing came three months after NASA's Perseverance rover, the fifth NASA rover sent to Mars, landed in February 2021. The CNSA also announced a host of initiatives it plans to undertake over the next six years. Its plans include completing construction of the space station by 2022, launching a probe to collect samples from a near-Earth asteroid and explore a comet by 2025, launching a mission to Mars that would return with samples by 2030, exploring Jupiter by 2030, and launching lunar probes to explore the moon as well as collect samples from its polar region by 2027. The U.S. is taking notice. Concern has been raised about China's safety protocols. In several instances, debris associated with Chinese activities have fallen from space or have otherwise not been handled according to quote-unquote responsible standards. Alarm has also been raised about economic and military competitiveness in space. U.S. Space Command Commander General James Dickinson warned the Senate earlier this year that anti-satellite weapons could be a threat. To that end, the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act passed by the Senate last week seeks to allocate $23 billion to advancing U.S. space exploration. For China, this is all part of its long-term plan to stake out a strategic position in space for resources, trade routes, and military advantage. It reportedly has ambitions to create a, quote, Earth-Moon Space Economic Zone, end quote, by 2050 that could generate $10 trillion per year. From national initiatives to private enterprise undertakings, for example, space tourism, space is becoming much more attainable. But as it does, competition, particularly among nations, will carry with it more serious consequences. To read more content related to space exploration and satellite internet, check out our March 12, 2021, Three Shifts edition, SpaceX's Starlink satellite broadband continues to widen its lead. In our July 24, 2020, Three Shifts edition, the push towards Mars by the UAE, China, and U.S., That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts Edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the right to repair. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition. <laughs>